Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. God is good, isn't he? What a mighty God we serve. Have you ever seen anything mighty in your life, like a, a man just full of big muscles and just pick something up? The mighty that we're talking about for the God that we serve, far above and beyond anything you've ever seen as a human being for mighty. Amen. Aren't you glad that we serve such a mighty God? Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Almighty God, Father, it's a privilege and an honor, Lord, this morning. Lord, to be able to be in your house, dear God. We just pray, Lord, that you take charge of our lives, Lord. We take charge of every spirit in this place this morning, dear God. I just pray, Lord, that your sweet anointing would just take complete control, Lord, of each life. Lord, may you just touch us, each one. Help us to step out of the way, dear God, and to be able to sing these songs of praise unto you, that we can give you the glory and the honor and the praise that you are due, Lord. Father, it's a privilege and an honor, Lord, to be a Christian. It's a privilege and an honor to know that we can come before your mighty throne, dear God, and just ask whatever we have need of, Lord, you are here. Lord, we just got to believe that. That's all that you ask. May the God of love just feel welcome in this place this morning, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we just pray and ask. The congregation says, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Psalms 95.2. It says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Amen. Is that the desire of your heart? To make a joyful noise with him? Amen. Let's just keep singing that. That's a good song. Will Noah had drifted On the floods many days He searched for a land Troubles he had 
song Well, but not from above God gave him his sign On the wings of a dove Well, on the wings of a snow God sends his pure, sweet love, a sign from above, on the wings of a dove. Jesus, our Savior, will Jesus, our Savior, came to earth one day. Born in a stable in a manger of hay. Think about it, though here rejected, and though here rejected, but not from above. God gave us his sign. Sing it with all your heart. Well, on the wings of a snow white dove, God sends his On the wings of a dove. Oh, and though I have suffered, well, and though identify with that sometimes well in many a way have you cried for your healing well I've cried for my healing oh yes Lord
think about that this morning. Reach out and touch our Lord as He goes by. just kind of re-emphasized to me how much higher that life is and how much higher that body is compared to this and as our brother preached on Wednesday it's like we can only go so far in our mind think about eternity but one of these days that will be taken away amen and uh, I'm looking forward to that and as our Sunday school this morning you know I thinking about being an old Christian, the battle still goes on. It doesn't change. You know, you'll get a victory here. Well, there's another one to get, and we just need to keep pressing on. I would like you to remember Sister Melissa this morning. She's not feeling well, um, running a fever. And she's doing better when I left, but um, just keep remembering her in prayer. If you have a request upon your heart this morning, make it known with an uplifted hand. Amen. Love you all. Let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord. As we sang that song, we're just so thankful, Father, for the revelation that you've given to us, finite beings, Lord, that somehow you could open our hearts and our minds and reveal the truth of the hour, that this isn't our home, but we have a home, Father, with you. And Lord, I pray for Sister Melissa and the uplifted hands. 
Lord, you are still a healer. Father, you're still a supernatural God. And we are just supernatural beings having a natural experience. And help us, Lord, to allow that natural experience to build the character that you're looking for in each and every one of us, Father. And Lord, as we collect the tithes and offerings, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver. Magnify it to your kingdom, Father. Those that couldn't be here this evening or that are streaming this morning, I pray that you would bless and be with them, Father. Lord, we know that you're not limited to this building. But Father, when we gather together in two or three, Lord, your presence comes down and it's just a little taste of heaven to us. We don't have to think about the things of the world and the outside. We just focus on the moment, Lord. Pray that you bless your people, Father. Lord, as the minister would come and open the word of life, I pray that you would just move them aside and let the gift that you've given, Lord, have full preeminence. And may we as a people listening open our hearts to hear what you'd have to say to us, Father. For you always have a purpose, Lord. And Lord, if we come here and we're going to hear the word, there's a purpose. And there's a destination and a goal that you have for each one of us today. That we would leave this place better Christians than when we came in. We love and worship you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. gets ready. I just wanted to share. I was reading 1 Samuel 3, 7 the other day. It was when, you know, she had gave Samuel up and he went. He was just a young man. And, and God actually called him while he was sleeping. And he said, Samuel. And he got up and he runs in. He thinks it was Eli's voice, right? Eli says, no, I didn't call you. And he goes back to bed. And the second time, the Lord called him and said his name, Samuel. And he went running in there to Eli. Yes, Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. He said, the next time that happens, he says, Lord, here am I. You say this, Lord, here am I. So little Samuel, as a young man, he says, Lord, here am I. And if you read on, it says that the Lord ended up revealing himself to Samuel through his word. And I read that three mornings in a row last week, and finally I was just like, Lord, my prayer of my heart is that you would reveal yourself to me through your word. Well, the fourth day that I read that scripture, I had a little note in my Bible, and it said, and it was a sermon that a man had preached, and I made a note, and it said, you must consecrate yourself in order for the Lord to reveal himself to you through his word. And personally, I got so convicted in my heart. I'm like, Lord, I'm missing that step. I'm so sorry. I've been trying to serve you all these years, and I, I forgot about that consecration part. So if you want the Lord to speak to your heart, consecrate yourself, and he'll do it. Amen? Sing this with us now as a congregation. I'll sing calm sea with Jesus all the disciples were getting concerned yes. the wind started violently blowing but he was asleep in the stern does he not care that we perish oh we're 
we're so afraid But Jesus arose when they called him And said to them, where is your faith? Cause you prayed all night Cause you held on with all of your might Child, your pride Stand up and sing it with us now and he knows your voice. Lift your hands, it's time to rejoice. Child, your cries have awoken the master. Hits you without any warning. Oh, the storm of your life.
new chord. <laughs> Just learned it. <laughs> I got it. Why you ever chose me? It's always been a mystery. Everybody's got a purpose So when you hear that devil start talking to you Say, who do you think you are? Say, I'm just nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Save my soul, yeah Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Let me go down, down, down in history As another blood-bought faithful member of the family And if they all forget my name Well, that's fine with me I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down in history As another blood-bought faithful member of the family And if they all forget my name Well, that's fine with me Living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Key of F, brother. You believe he's coming back like he said? Amen. Well, high upon the mountain. Transfiguration The angel of the Lord declared Oh, that it would be He said, don't you stand here grieving For the one that you see him leaving In like manner, he's coming back For you and me Won't you stand? Sing it with me now. Well, I believe he's coming back like he said. I believe that a trumpet's gonna sound so loud. It'll 
gonna split the eastern sky And I believe he's coming back like he said Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning Amen, God is good Amen Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen Let's sing this song, it's been on my heart lately do you believe that the day of redemption is near? Do you believe that nations are breaking? And who is awakening? Israel's awakening. Amen. Well, nations are breaking. We good with that? Nations are breaking and Israel's awakening. The signs that the prophets foretold. The Gentiles' days are numbered with horrors encumbered. All right, I guess we'll have to try another key, brother. Nations are breaking and Israel's awakening. The signs that the prophets foretold. The Gentiles' days are numbered with horrors encumbered. Be filled with the Spirit, your lamps trimmed and clean. Look up, your redemption is near. Sing that again. The day of redemption. All right, I guess we weren't supposed to sing that song this morning. That's okay. You believe it was amazing grace? Amen. Let's just sing. Are you ready for the word this morning? God is so good. I love him so much. Man, when he, when he convicted me with that scripture about Samuel and, you know, I read that part about the consecration, I thought, wow, have you ever had like a knife pricked in your heart after all these years of serving the Lord? And I thought, oh, I forgot that ingredient, that consecration part. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, help me to re-consecrate my life. Don't you want the Lord to speak to your heart this morning? Is that the desire of your heart for you to walk out of here refreshed and renewed and strengthened? Amen. Let's sing Amazing Grace. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet, oh, the sound that saved a wretch like
God bless you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today, this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Went outside and uh, even the sand fleas were up praising the Lord. So, <laughs> so uh, this is the time of the year. If you're a visitor, God bless you. We're happy to have you here today. Brother Isaiah, good to see you again. Amen. Different ones. Amen. Sister Meredith's family down. Here's some over here. God bless you all. We greet you in the name of the Lord. Amen. And uh, this is that time of year when they want to have a little jubilee. <clears throat> so uh, it'll, it, if you get outside and see Bufortonians, and it looks like they're praising the Lord because everybody's doing like this. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, we are praising the Lord in here. Amen. God bless you. We're going to invite you to St. John chapter 1 this morning. I want to continue by the help of the Lord in my um, thought that we've been bringing. I want to bring a different fold of it today. And uh, I think this will be the third installment in it. And I just uh, <coughs> kind of want to um, give you an update, or actually I want to make a quick announcement and then give you a little bit of an update. I sent out a, an announcement yesterday concerning communion foot washing on the on December 31, letting you know plenty of advance. Now, there's already some of our ministry team won't be here. They'll be 
preaching, watch night services, and different things in other places. Uh, we don't normally hold a watch night service here per se. That is to like stay till midnight. But uh, amen. I, I've done that plenty of times, praise the Lord. But I've found that the world is just such a crazy place these days. And uh, so we, you know, to be out that late on the night, and there's such a spirit of evil and drunkenness in the world today. So, but uh, we will be having a Sunday evening communion and foot washing service. And so what we'll do is, is we'll start that promptly at five o'clock. And, and I just, we just plan to have singing and worship. We'll have some congregational singing. We'll have some specials. And uh, somewhere around, um, you know, we, we'll start that at five and, and then uh, somewhere maybe around five, 50-ish, um, we'll switch it over and we'll start gathering the articles and we will read our text and have our prayer so that we are taking the Lord's Supper right at around six o'clock because that's the six o'clock in the Bible, six o'clock our time, is the first of the three evening watches uh, that are in the Bible there in Israel. So it's the Lord's Supper, amen, not his lunch or his breakfast. So we take the Lord's Supper, and that way we'll be taking it right as it passes uh, the 6 p.m. And then uh, as soon as that's over, and that um, generally takes us about 20 minutes or so, we'll dismiss to foot washing. You know how we do that. We'll come back in and be dismissed, I think, probably somewhere around 7 o'clock. So get you home uh, for the evening. So just that announcement for you concerning December 31. Um. When I, I want to give you a little bit of an update on the situation with the continuing flare-up of shingles that comes in my right eye. I'm back again under, under doctor's care medication because of the camp. Um, Any time that I over-exhaust myself and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and driving and, and the invisible pressure that's on me because I'm the guy at the top. <clears throat> and it's, um, I've said so many times... Uh, I'd rather preach 10 sets of meetings than host one set. <laughs> and uh, it is just an invisible thing that you can't taste it or see it or smell it. Or, um, but yeah, it, it, it's on you. And so, and then the, the stress and the, uh, of all of it. So right at the end as I was coming home, it, had a, uh, it began to break out again for the third time. I'm trying to get about three to four months of no... Um, outbreaks, and then they can give me the uh, vaccine, which has a very high, one of the highest rates of efficacy of any vaccine they have, about an upper 90s percent, and then there's a booster after that that pretty much puts it to 100, and so the doctor said, I've got to go three to four months, and uh, then with no outbreak, and so then they can do that, and then I should be home free. When I get in the rapture, I'm going to be home free for sure. <laughs> Amen. So it's just a lying devil. He still ain't nobody. Amen. I still hate him, and, um, and, and I don't regard him. And, that, and I mean that by the fact that he don't make no decisions about our life. So, um, you know, what can I do to, um, to not have this continuing cycle? Remember the first one, I, they wouldn't even let me preach for six weeks. So I'm not going to let them do that again. But I, I am going to try my best to be circumspect when I'm preaching. 
Now, I'm not very good at holding my foot off the gas. Y'all know that. Amen. All these visitors, y'all hear everybody laughing. I'm not very good at that. What I can manage more is my time. So if it seems like I'm preaching more like Brother Donnie for about 55 minutes and shutting it down, uh, you'll know uh, that that's not me trying to be Brother Donnie, but I'm just trying to uh, regulate um, my, my, um, my gusto, as they would say. So you pray for me, will you? <clears throat> and, um, you know, the, uh, the inactivity has uh, made, uh, I mean, there's a lot more of me for y'all to love. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so um, I'm almost twice the man I used to be. And so, but I'm trying, and that's because I'm not allowed to uh, exercise vigorously. But I am trying to go very, very carefully and very regulated. Amen. And believe me, Sister Debbie is a watchdog. So um, she's, she's a guard. Uh, she's a, my protector. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so we're just... Uh, we, we weren't, I wasn't acting like it yesterday. Me and Brother Danny snuck off. Normally, me and Brother Danny have this rule when we go to the coffee shop that I, I said, Brother Danny, now you know what happens here stays here. So if we end up with a cookie or something like that, and he's been real loyal, he's never, never ratted me out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, and so, but yesterday uh, I got out of the truck and I said, today's the day. And he said, for what? And I said, we've been going to get some ice cream. <laughs> so... Amen. Praise the Lord. So we did it. We, we um, backslid. and Oh, I did anyway. <laughs> Amen. He probably needs about 10 milkshakes, but, but I, got, I got one. But I confessed it. I told him that today so he wouldn't think we were trying to hide something. I said, I confessed it to Sister Debbie. <laughs> and uh, so she's praying for me. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. It's so good to be a Christian. So good to be here and have the joy of the Lord here. God bless you. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be serious, but I just don't want you to you know, go into, get locked up on me and think it's the end of the world. It's not. Everything's fine. And I'm just going to try to regulate myself just a wee bit. <clears throat> Amen. You ready to read the Bible? Amen. Amen. Uh, John chapter one. And hey, Bubs, go ahead and give me my PowerPoint because that actually has my opening text in it. I meant to tell you that already. Amen. John chapter 1, and uh, I think uh, we're going to start, yeah, 1 through 5. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. A very weird way to say that. And it has confounded theologians through millennia. I'm glad we had a prophet who could just sort it all out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, he's back before Genesis 1, remember. He's all the way back. Moses started at Genesis 1 when God created the heavens and the earth. This is prior to that. Verse 3, all things were made by him. Let me... Uh, Get this going so I can move my screens. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. All right. In him was life, and the life 
was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Okay, now I want you to notice here that this screen now has that same scriptures, but what I've done is, is I've highlighted the word, word. And that is the word in the Greek logos. Brother Branham talks about it a lot. All right, and we're going we're gonna to go on down through the scriptures. All right, next slide, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So you, you, don't, you don't get to take credit for becoming a son and daughter of God. God gave you power to do that. All right? All things were made, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, which, uh, let me start 12 again, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So he even gives you the power to believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, not because you wanted to, not because you decided to, see, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And again, in verse 14, the word, word, is the Logos. All right, let's pray. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands now. Lord, may you take the word and just break it down to us this morning. Lord, we are completely dependent upon you. I, I, I'm trusting you to help me to make it clear, Lord. You know how important that is to me to be clearly understood. I commit it into your hands now with perfect faith and confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. All right, now... I think that the first task that I will have is to try to begin to get you to understand what the Logos is, because I'll just give you a little bit of a preview. The, the Bible uses the word, word, in the beginning was the Word, in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, and the Logos was made flesh, all right? But, but, but we find that this same writer, John, goes later on in chapter 6, and he talks about the Word in a different way. And uh, be racing ahead, we'll, we'll get to it here in a minute. I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of myself. But he, he's going to make a reference where he's not using, uh, I'll just read it here, um, in verse 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. I'm sorry, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now that 
words that I speak to you is not the word logos. It's the word rima. So God has the word, and it's, the, it's speaking about the same thing, only there's a different angle or a further application, and that's what I want to get you to understand as I'm laying the foundation for where I want to get to. Everybody good? All right, so let's start first with our opening text. All right, the word logos in the Greek literally is the very essence of God himself. And that's why it says in the beginning was the logos. So it is the very essence of his being, the very essence of Zoe itself, the very essence of God's life. Um, In the beginning was the word that was with God and was God. Now, now in that, one of the descriptions of the word was that it was uh, with him. It was not only him, but it was actually with him. And so when, when we look at that, uh, you know, th- th- this, is, this is language to indicate not that it went from one person into two persons. It was with him, it was him, and it was with him, and it was him. That, now, the a misinterpretation of that, just like if you today, as a believer, were talking to somebody about the Godhead, you'd go right to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. You know why you would do that? Because you could say, in the beginning was God, the Word, the Logos, and the Logos, verse 14, became flesh. So now you've made your case that... The one that created everything became flesh, and that was Jesus. So he wasn't a different person. But believe it or not, that that if if you don't hurry, a Trinitarian will beat you to that Scripture. Because they're not taking into consideration verse 14. That's not a convincing argument to them. They actually believe that, that, that that the fact that it was God and that it was with God meant that Jesus was a second equal to God. That's their argument. Now that's not correct, all right? And in fact is, it's not even probable. Because when you, when you think about how it's, it's saying this, it, this language is not to indicate that it went from one person to two, but that his person, God, went from a previous form into a latter form that he transitioned from invisible to visible and he was that pillar of fire. That wasn't a second person. It was just simply a movement. All right? I got to get that clear. So John picks it up right as God, John opens up in his first chapter, right as God transitioned from an invisible form into a visible form. And, and, and that's, that's all it's saying. I mean, that's all it's saying. Or you make the word of God contradict itself. See? Because the very next words are and was God. The word was with God and the word was God. See? So the only way to reconcile that it was God, that it was both God and was with God, is that it was simply God in another expression. And that's why the oneness and the Trinitarians 
missed the interpretation of the Godhead because they, they don't understand expression that Christ was the express image as Colossians said, see. So to have made it a second person then would literally change the entire fundamental understanding of God that had been so consistently taught throughout the Old Testament. For instance, in Isaiah, ye are my witnesses. Now that's an important word. I probably won't get to it today. But how many are witnesses of God? You're surrounded by a cloud of many witnesses. You're part of that. You're, you're destined to be a part of that cloud. See? So he's saying here, you, ye are my witnesses. In other words, I, I can't help what the world is going to misunderstand, whether intentionally or unintentionally. However, you, my witnesses, you're going to know. Saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. So Isaiah, you're my witness, and you're my servant that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I don't know what language God could use to make that clearer. I mean, I, I'm a writer. Writing is what I do. I like my writing better than I like my preaching. So the, 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 the correct use of language to describe something is very, it looms large to me. It's very big. I like to be very clear. And sometimes I can stare at a sentence for, for, for days trying to make it more clear. It's just, a, it's just the way I'm built. And, and, and I've, I've written many essays, doctrinal essays and different things that we've put up on the, uh, the website, believe, um, uh, to, uh, I forget now the name of, of the website, but, but we find that, that the correct use of language, see, is so important when I'm trying to put thoughts to paper. And so I'm telling you today, as a writer, I, I look at that and I don't know how God could have made it any clearer. It is so crystal clear that, that I don't even know how to, how to make the point better, to cover, because that is so, that literally covers, that literally covers every angle, every point, every question. You, you couldn't stumble at that, and yet they do. See? So if you, if you go from here and you still believe the polytheism of ancient Babylon that God is three separate persons in some inexplicable metaphorical oneness, no matter how you dress it up, you have believed a lie of Satan. Brother Branham said he's told you that to make an idolater out of you. God was not becoming a second person. God simply went from an invisible form to a visible form called the pillar of fire. The same pillar of fire, th this is the exact same pillar of fire. Let me, let me darken that. Well, I'll just leave it there for now. Just don't be distracted by it. This is the same pillar of fire John is speaking of. Now catch it. Catch the timeline. 
You're all the way back before Genesis 1. And he becomes that pillar of fire. And that is the exact same pillar of fire uh, who met up with his prophet in a burning bush. And according to rabbinical Judaism, that was in the year 1311 B.C. And it was the same pillar of fire who met up with another one of his prophets in Houston, Texas in 1950 A.D. And it's the same being and the same person who's in this building now in 2023 A.D. But in John 1, 1, way back before he ever met Moses at a burning bush or ever even created the heaven and the earth, he first moved to express himself from an invisible form to a visible form as the pillar of fire. This form of the one true God then took on a title, Son. See? Because it had, because it had become a further expression uh, from an invisible into a visible, into, an, into a visible form that could be seen. Actually, when he did that, prophet said, I can see that little pillar, that little light beginning to turn. And he said he became something that could be seen, and yet at that time there was nothing to see him. There wasn't even angels. He wasn't even being worshipped. But he moves from, he, so he's not doing something. Here's a beautiful picture that I really want to get into your minds today. God's not figuring this out as he goes. Amen. He's, not, he's not like, oh, I did this. Well, that was a pretty good idea. Let's, let's see what else I could do. And, oh, that's working out good. Let's see what else I can do. Because if he's doing it that way, then he might do something. Oh, that's a terrible idea. I better back up. God can't do that. So not only is ever thought that, that he has, he's always had, but it's always been part of a grand plan. Amen. And I want you to grasp with me today that you are part of that plan. Yeah. You're not here by accident. You haven't just believed some doctrine. Somebody told you God sent a prophet and you saw some miracles and read some blue books and you say, oh, he must, it must be true. He must have been that prophet and I guess I'm going to be a believer. It's, it's so much more than that. It's not about greater theology or more doctrinal teaching. It's not about that. It's about, a, it's about God completing a cycle of His plan that literally in, uh, uh, involves you and I, just like it involved Moses. Just like, You think that was an accident? You think God looked down and said, man, I need somebody. Hmm, who could I get? You know, yeah, he's backslid. He ran off in the desert. I tried to use him 40 years ago. But okay, I'll give him one more try. It's not about that. When Moses came, prophet said, when Moses that morning was a different morning, when he came walking down that same path, he had come down herding Jethro's sheep. He had come down that path many times every morning for 40 years. But on that morning, it was different. He said, as Moses came down the path that morning, the pillar of fire was waiting on him. Oh, it was waiting on me one day. It was waiting on you one day. And you got up just like any other day. and it, We all got a different story. I was raised in it. Or I had a book put in my hand. Or I heard a preacher. Or I, I, I saw this. Or I was in trouble. And God spoke to me. And I went to a church. It doesn't matter. That was your moment. When God who knew you 
sons and daughters of God. So because it had become a further expression from an invisible form into a visible form that could be seen and, and then it, it could interact once he created angels. And now I'll just say, you know, to, to help you, all right? I'm just going to give you a little helper line here. He moves himself in an expression. He goes from invisible to visible. He then begins to create the heavens and the earth. He then, be, you know, he, he builds, he makes angels. The prophet said the first thing he did was create angels. And then he, he has the heavens and the earth, then they're worshiping. Then he's God. And, 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 and I'm just going to say in this lesson today to help you that everything we're talking about, all of this continued expression, he's on his way to becoming you. All those eons ago, as he was transitioning from one to the next, and as he's building a universe and building a heavens and building angels and being worshipped, and he's a pillar of fire, and he's, he's going over the earth, and he's got days of creation, and the pillar of fire is mo moving over the earth, and prophet said he brooded over the soil, and birds flew up, and he brooded over the soil, and flowers came up, and, and, and the Spirit of God said, oh, that's wonderful, that's beautiful, keep going, keep going, and he brooded over this, and this came up, and he brooded over the water, and whales, and great fish, and he's, he's evoluting. It's God's form of evolution, not Darwinian evolution that crosses species, God does use evolution, but it's the Bible version of it. That every seed brings forth of its kind. But he didn't bring it all at once. He brought it over creation. And then he began to, he began to move it. Everything he's doing, he puts Adam and puts Eve. And then you, the whole plan of creation. He's, his whole time has, whether it, no matter what Old Testament story you're telling, or the Gospels, or the New Testament, or the church ages, everything has been moving to get to you. Oh my that's where we stand here today, friends. Say, oh, I, I think I'm not going to make it. Did all, of, did all of them make it? You say, but I got too many problems. Did all of them have problems? Did that stop them? It won't stop you. It won't stop me. There's a power moving that's greater than you and I. So the reality of God taking on the title of son Seen in John 1, 1 is similar. And I want to make this point. It's similar, but it's not exact. And I'll explain why in a minute. It's similar, though not exact, to my son being a further expression of me. See? Therefore, he's my son. I have one sitting right here. Amen. Now, that's not his name. Son is his title. His relationship to me, not to any of y'all, is, is son. My relationship to him is father. See, because why? He's a continuation of me. He's, a, he's an expression. And his, his, his title in relation to me, because I'm his father, and he came from me, and he's a further expression of me, even when I'm gone, he will continue on me. Make sense? See? So that's similar to God, to the pillar of fire becoming a son, but it's not exactly how Christ was. 
it's only similar because my son is a separate person from me. Whereas Jesus, uh, that pillar of fire was not a separate person. And Jesus, when he became, all that was was the pillar of fire. John said became flesh. Brother Branham helps us so much. Watch this in an, in a, and of all titles to read this from. How about that one? That's good advice. The book of Proverbs written by Solomon, one of the wisest men in the world outside of our Lord Jesus. But he wasn't exactly like Solomon. Solomon was a type of him. Solomon's the son of David. Don't read ahead of me. Solomon's the son of David. Jesus is the son of David. So there's a similarity. He says, so, but he wasn't exactly like Solomon in so much that Solomon was a man born of a woman and was begotten by an earthly father, David. But Jesus was a virgin-born son and was not altogether a man, but he was God, the God-man. And he was more than a man, which means he would have had to have been completely a man. You can't be more if you're not fully. He's more than a man. He was a man plus. Amen. See? But Solomon was just a man like you and I. Amen? Amen? So, so when, we, when we come then, now watch... <clears throat> So when we come to John's epistle, this is not his gospel historical account. This is the same writer who wrote the gospel of John. Now he's writing his epistle to the church. 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. This is so huge to John, he picks it right up again, right out of the box. His very first opening salvo. From his very first, he wrote three letters, and here's his very first thing. That which was from the beginning. Oh, brother John, here you go again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Catch it now. Our hands have handled the word of life. All right? Now, remember that this is the same word that John had said in the 14th verse of his first chapter in the Gospels, that word was made flesh. So he's saying the same thing again. That word, we handled him. We didn't just see him. We handled him. See? And, and he go, and, and, I'm, and, and, and we're not, um, yeah, yeah, we will go a little further. So, so here, John will recap that, you know, and, and describe God as a form that could not only be seen, uh, but had now, not just a form that could be seen when he created the pillar of fire. Now he's something that can be seen. But he's going to carry on from there into something that not just to be seen, but something that could actually be touched. Amen. So, so you find then that John's testimony in the Gospels, now watch, this is an important point. The difference between the gospel of John and the epistle of John is that in the testimony in the gospels, that's the record of Christ among his creation 
before the Holy Ghost is even given. So, it, so it's limited in speaking about the next phase of redemption, which is the next phase of his, of his redemption is perfecting his family. But that's not really laid out too much in the Gospels. Because the, the kingdom's not even on the scene yet. Remember, Pilate said, are you a king? And Jesus, in the discourse, they go back and forth, you know, if, my, if this was my kingdom, my subjects would fight. You know, my kingdom is not of this world. And he says, oh, then you are a king. And Jesus said, well, you're not wrong in saying I'm a king. To this end, I was born. And that, that all who seek the truth, you know, would, would believe in me. And then Pilate, what is truth? Wrong question. Should have been who is truth. He might have had a chance had he got the question right. People don't get the answer right because they don't know the question. And instead of who is truth, which was standing in front of him, it wasn't a doctrine. It was a person. And that person would have given mercy to him. You know, but, but it's all about doctrine. What is truth? Friends, you might not understand all the doctrine. I don't understand all the doctrine, but my faith goes beyond my understanding. I know I've met a being that has changed my life. It's undeniable. I know I didn't have the power to become this. I know what I used to be before his power got a hold of me. Hallelujah. And so, so it's not a whole lot in the Gospels concerning the next phase. Because remember, his first God, one goal to express himself. And then he first had to bring together all the prophets, priests, and kings of the Old Testament, express himself in Christ. Remember, threefold plan. And then secondly, you know, was to gain preeminence in his church. That's the next phase under the Holy Ghost. And then the last thing is to take the whole ball of wax back to the and set up the kingdom back to the garden before the fall oh i'm looking for that kingdom oh there's something tells me it's right near us friend oh hallelujah so so now we have this further expression of god's godhead called his body now you need to absorb that the body of christ is part of God's Godhead. That's direct teaching. That's direct scripture. That we are part of that continuing expression. Paul would call this further part or phase a mystery. He would describe this mystery in, in, in Colossians 1.27 as Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus had talked about, a little while the world won't see me, but you'll see me, I'll be with you, even in you. And it was, what does he mean? They didn't even understand why he was saying, but I'll go away. What does it mean he'll go away? I'll be betrayed in the hands of sinners, and they'll kill me, and I'll rise on the third day. And everybody's like, what? What does that even mean? Nobody's going to kill, what are you talking about? We'll, die. we'll never let that happen to you. But you understand, Jesus says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you savor us not the things of God. What he, he wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking to the devil who doesn't savor the things of God. What are the things of God? A kingdom. A people. He was willing to die to have you. 
because he knew he could raise himself back up again and if he did that then he could save me and he could save you down through the ages it wouldn't matter how we were born it wouldn't matter what we had done it wouldn't matter uh, the condition of our life God rich in mercy could blast right through it and find you right where you were From John writing, which we read in 114, the Word was made flesh, and now, now that the story is told in the Gospels, now he's coming into his epistles to get them to understand that Calvary wasn't the all of it. Because that's the short-sightedness of modern Christian theology, that Calvary was it. Really? Well, what about the resurrection? What about the ascension? What about claiming the book? John was at Calvary and saw him die. He's still crying his eyes out when no one can claim the book. Come on, friends. What about the... What about the descending of the Holy Spirit down into the church at Pentecost in the upper room? That's all part of the process. See? So he's going to John now is coming into his epistle after the Holy Ghost has come to further enlarge on this point that the Logos of the Logos becoming flesh. He's going to enlarge on the plan of redemption that will include his family. He'll begin, he'll begin right here in this verse. He'll begin by revisiting God in human form that could be handled by humanity. Amen. All right? And then from there, he's going, to, he's going to move on. So we've got verse 1. For the life that was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. All right, you with me? It was manifested to us, all right? That we which have seen and heard, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Now this fourth verse, that one, that's a, he's, gonna, he's about to turn a corner. The first three verses, he pretty much is just elaborating and enlarging on what he had said in the Gospels. And, you know, we, we can see that. I mean, John, John had, already, he had already said, in, you know, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You remember that in, in, in John 1? And the light shined in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. We, we read all of that. So he's already said a lot of this, but now he's, he's enlarging to say, now that the Holy Ghost has come, we can get on with the plan. Calvary's sacrifice was a purchasing act. There's still got to come a claiming act at the end of the age. And he won't do it until everybody's, all the names are in. And that can't happen until the last age. And here we are. Hallelujah. 
and names are, are being brought in who are on the Lamb's book of life. My name is on it. Your name is on it. Say, how do you know? Because everything about me says amen to that word. And it's not just trying to give me great theology. I couldn't care less about great theology. I don't, I don't, it, the, the, the brother Branham said the Bible says it's not to know the Bible is life, but to know him is life. See? So he, he's coming to a transition now. He's trying to, he's told the church, this is what God was. This is what he did. He became a man. And yeah, John, you said that in the Gospels. I know, but I'm going to make another, I want to make a point. So I got a background and give you my foundation. Remember what I said in the Gospels? Yeah. All right. Now here in my first part of my letter, I want you to understand this was real. That I was there. This happened to me. I saw it happen. We handled God in the flesh. And I'm here to tell you now that I'm telling you everything I'm telling you so that your joy may be full. See? As, as Paul would say and different ones would say, you know, so that you may see all, so that you can be filled with all the fullness of, the, of God. So John had already said much of this in his gospel account of Christ from John 1 to, uh, verse 1 to 14. But now having had this further experience of the upper room, John is going to take the church to a further level or we would call it a next step uh, in the mystery of God that Paul called a mystery and, and in, his, in God's plan of redemption. Now here he goes. This then is the message. Now he's trying to make your joy full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Amen. Well, okay, that's great for Jesus. What does that do for me? It doesn't do anything for you unless He's in you. And then if He's in you, it does everything for you. Amen. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, now it's obvious the world was going to do that. Or why put it in there? See? If we say that we have fellowship, it was already being said in the first age. People were coming into the church and they weren't getting the new birth. And you had Ananias and Sapphira's among them. And you had, you had gainsayers of the word. And you had Judaizers of the word. And, and you had the apostles being attacked. Uh, John was attacked. Peter was attacked. Paul was attacked. Their character was impugned. They were called liars and fakes. And they, 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 you know, they, they, they accuse Paul of being, you know, two-faced. And, oh, in the pulpit, in his letters, my, he's bold as a lion. But we met him. <laughs> he's nothing. He's, he's soft. He's weak. He speaks low. He stares at his feet. Oh, this guy's nothing. You don't even worry about Paul. I know his letters sound pretty aggressive, but I'm telling you, the guy is, is just being two-faced. He's not even authentic. That was the accusation against Paul. Only because Paul, in his letters, was bold, but face-to-face, -face, he was gentle. Because he had written to his pastors under him, saying, the man of God must not strive. He must be gentle. He must be patient. 
When I'm sitting across from you, if I've ever sat across from you in counseling, I might be one guy up here in this pulpit, but I'm sure you're a witness that face-to-face, I'm very gentle, I'm very soft, I don't offend, I'm trying to work it slowly. What I'm trying to do is not tell you what you need to do, I'm trying to get you to see the same scriptures I'm seeing so you can see your own answer. So you can just, and I can go, well, you know, the Bible, and then Brother Branham, and you remember in the days when Isaiah and then Jesus, you know, and you're like, oh, I get it. I see it. Wow, my job's done. Say, Brother Jason, you're amazing. I'm not. This is. And I'm here to tell you, you are amazing because you can see it. And when a believer sees it, he says like, Mary, be it unto me, be it unto me, be it unto me. Hallelujah. This is the beauty. This is the plan of redemption. See, it's why Paul said, don't lord it over people. Don't be like that. See, and they took that great characteristic of Paul and made it into a criticism. I've been called a grace preacher and they weren't complimenting me. (laughs) So so then John moves on now. Watch. Comes to verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. What a beautiful Scripture. And I'm glad that John cleared this matter up for good about about the mere belief that a a mere confession of a historical event 2,000 years ago that that's enough. I mean, that the charge against William Branham and his followers is that we overcomplicate salvation uh, in just simply believing in the cross. But And I know that's what modern Christianity wants to believe because that doesn't require any effective change. And you see it in their lifestyles. They, they confess. They love, Brother Brenham said they admire the fine qualities of Jesus. And so they join a church and call themselves a Christian. And there's no effective change in their life. They become a slightly better person. They stop lying. They start going to church. Oh, friends, if you could become the most righteous person in the world, it's still nothing to God. The only life he can receive is his own. And his life is in his word. And that's why he said, my word to you are spirit and their life. See? So, when you're born again of the spirit of God, as John is making it so clear, the life of, the life of Christ lives his life through you and causes you to look like his life. That's a new birth. When your life starts looking like his life. Say, what did his life look like? His life believed and accepted and practiced every word of God. I know that we have ups and downs and we make mistakes. Thank God. He lived out the perceptive side of the word on my behalf, and I get credit for it. Mm, Wow. See, he's my total satisfaction. He's not just the atonement. The atonement meant he could expiate all my sin. 
because he was the worthy lamb. But he wasn't just the atonement. He was, but he wasn't only that. He was, my, he was the other side of it. He's my total satisfaction. He also lived out the priest, because line upon line, precept upon precept, that's the requirement. And you can't do that. Prophet said, you have to be perfect because you're going to be married to a perfect son of God. How are you ever going to even begin to approach that without a perfect word to believe in, to give you a perfect blood and a perfect atonement that can speak on your behalf perfectly? And even when you do have mistakes, the blood says, they're innocent. They're innocent. And the devil says, but I got video. No, they're innocent. I got DNA. It doesn't matter. You've only got DNA of the other them. But the real them has never done it in the first place. Glory to God. Jesus for sure never lived a light or watered-down version of the Father's will. Neither does His family born of His Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Now, uh, before I... I'm doing good. I got about maybe 15 more minutes, and I'm going to pull, pull the plug for, for today. You can see I'm not good at keeping my foot off the throttle but I can, I can stop the time. So, so to bring on this next point now, because I want to come to Rima. To do this, so we briefly recap. So after that first expression of the Logos, in the eternities, the invisible God went to a visible pillar of fire, and that was the first son. Then on down, on through the process, after his encounter with Moses, after he led the children of Israel, he would become a man and the world would know him as Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus the Christ. That was Pilate's real question. Are you him? So he's the same one. Now catch in mind, this Jesus the Christ, this man that is now God, not just viewable, but handleable. See, he's the same one. This, this Nazarene walking the shores of Galilee, going about doing good. Make no mistake about it. Was he a man? A hundred percent. But he was a man plus. Was he a man? Yes, but he was more than a man. If he wasn't a man, then you don't have a kinsman redeemer. Because he had to be kin. He had to be a human to be kin to me. But if he's not God, then you're still in your sins because nobody could do away with them but God. See, so he's, he's both. And so he's the same person. This Jesus walking the shores is the same one who fellowshiped with Adam, only in a different form. The Nazarene hadn't been born yet. See, he's the same one who had fellowshiped with Adam, which just is simply saying he hasn't come in that form yet. All right? He's the same one who revealed a blood sacrifice to Abel, met Abraham as Melchizedek, met Moses at a burning bush. He's the same person, uh, the same one David prophesied of, the same one Isaiah prophesied of, the same one Ezekiel saw as a wheel in the middle of the wheel. 
And now God the Logos walked among humanity as both a man fully and God fully in a paradox known as the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Of which his whole family would be a part of. That's the plan. Because they, why, we're, why are we going to be a part of it? Is because I've always been a part of it. I've always been a part. I just wasn't expressed fully. You know, the, his, his body, Jesus said, my kingdom is, is not of this world. If it were, my, my subject would fight. The Holy Ghost hadn't come. See? But once the Holy Ghost come, now he's got defenders. Now he's got a family who are a continuation of him. Oh my. This is why Jesus, this is exactly why that Jesus is called the beginning of the creation of God. Now do you know where he's called that? Have you ever stopped to go in your Bible and find where he's called? Not in the Gospels. Not in John's letters. Not in Paul's mystery. He's called the fullness of God unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. How appropriate it is that the, that the messenger, the seventh messenger, who was also a prophet, would take that Laodicean scripture and say, He was the beginning of the creation of God. You are the continuation of that same creation. That is what the seventh seal has opened unto us, my friends. We're a continuation of the same creation. This is, this is the point being made in Scripture when Paul declares in Romans 8.29 that, 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 that the bride of Christ is predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. See? So now, all right, I got 10 minutes. <clears throat> so now we go back to the Gospels where I jumped ahead at the beginning of my sermon, ran, ran ahead of myself. 53 to 68, we're going to read a few of them. Then said Jesus unto them, I mean, this is where, you remember, where he said, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in you. And they're like, wow, what a vampire, goodness gracious. And many of them walked away. You remember that? And walked with him no more. He comes down into 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. The, fl the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, there again, that word is not logos. That word is rima, rhema. See, all right, that's an important point. Now he goes on. Um, correct. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and believed not. 
and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye go? Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, not Logos, Rima. Thou hast the words. You were the word and you have the words. You were the word and your word is light and your light is life. See? And it's the spirit that quickens it. See? Watch. All right. So, so when we, when we look at it that way, I'm not going to be able to, to go further, to go further than this today. I think I've got a, yeah, good. So now, when we bring this down, the, now the word is, is not logos, it's rhema. And let me try to give you some comparison. This is the spirit of God. Rhema is the spirit of God approaching you Amen. with a revelation of his established word. Now his established word is Logos. You get that? But now I want you to watch this cycle. How does this work? How is it both? How is it the established word and it's Logos, but it's also Rima? All right, we're going to break it down. It's Rima, it's Logos as the established word, but by coming to you personally, as Brother Branham said, what is the new birth, Brother Branham? It's a revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. So by coming in the form of the Holy Ghost to bring you a spiritual revelation, the word coming that, that's coming to you is coming as Rima. It, it's your opportunity to receive eternal life through your response to this very unique approach, because he doesn't do it for everybody. Amen. Only the predestinated are considered in, uh, only the elected are considered in predestination. Uh, it's a quote, I might be butchering that up a little bit. But it, that, that's the point, that it's only his elect family, only as uh, the apostle calls the elect lady, see. And so, so we find out that, that, that when it comes to you in this way, it's your opportunity. And Brother Branham now deals with this. He starts dealing with it in 1958 in the message, Door to the Heart. He picks it up again before he goes off the scene. Uh, in 1965, in Doors in Door. And he not, Brother Branham talks about how that, you know, you've, you've got to, God's got to come to your door, the door of your heart. Remember that? And then you've got to open it. He won't kick it in. He won't force his way. But he'll knock. And you open the door. And he says, now, that's, that's you letting him in. Now you've been born again. He lives in your heart. Joy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, but now, he wants to walk around inside your heart. There's a bunch more doors in here. He needs to look behind. See? Now this is... This is God bringing our lives into compliance with His Word. It's not your new birth. That's happened when you opened the door of your heart and He came in. 
But that's not, that, that's not the end of the picture. That's just putting you... Now he can begin to go around and say, give me the key to this room. You can't say to him, Lord, that's, I got some real problems and some jealousy issues. I don't really want you to go in there because I don't want to deal with forgiveness. And I, you know, and Lord, this room over here, and you know, I got a weakness in the world, and please don't go because I come. You know, that's how I... No, you got to let him go into all those rooms. This is God coming. He didn't meet you at an altar and save you to leave you as He found you. Amen. He's beginning to change, see? And so, so, so we find that once you let Him in, He wants to make sure every door in your heart is open to the influence of His Word. And, and what He was uh, in the beginning was the Logos, both the invisible and the visible form. But Rhema, catch it now, Rhema is the active movement itself from one thing to something not different, but further. Amen. You get that? See? So when he expressed himself, let me just, just stay calm. I'm not going to lose you here. When he expressed himself by creating the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1, the Logos, which is his, the pillar of fire, which is his essence, it's his intrinsic nature. It's his character. It's his core. It's his soul. Amen? It's his soul. It's his substance. His very soul was expressed so much so that when he, when he expressed the heavens and the earth, that is such a powerful thing that it literally is an eternal attribute of God and can never be annihilated. It's, it's part, God fills all time, space, and eternity through that. He's not like the wind. He's a being. He lives in a house. Well, then how does he fill all time, space, and eternity? Because it's an expression of him. It is him. This is him. This is what's inside of you, making you with him. You're part of him. So Rima then is the active application of his word in our lives. He's... He comes to us in revelation. He opens all the doors to our heart. Or, or, or in a simplified term, we would say it like this. The letter becomes the living word in you. How about that? Amen. Give you a language you understand. That's message lingo. See, Brother Branham said, what happens? A seal. It says in the Easter seal. You know, the, a seal has something sealed up on the inside. But when the seal is broken, what's on the inside is released. See? And so, therefore, you had a gene of God. What happens? And, and the Holy Spirit comes down. The Word comes to you. It's God in motion. It strikes you. What is it trying to do? Fill you full of theology? No. The, that would just be Logos. And the letter killeth. It's the Spirit that giveth life. It's got to become anointed. Brother Branham said, then the word goes forth. And he said, then what happens? Down comes an anointing. All good things come from the Father above. Down comes an anointing upon that word to make it live. The word you receive, there's an anointing to make it live. That's not Logos. That's not a dead letter. That's the living word. You're becoming something. See? So, so that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now God speaks to us. All right, I'm going to give you an example, and then I'm going to close. 
give you two examples in the Bible that will be easy. You'll catch this because they're real familiar to you since Sunday school days. So, so when God speaks directly through Rima, through the, through the Rima of his word, as the, the spirit of God did that, you know two examples I'm going to give you? Micah or Micaiah, as the Jews would more properly say, and Mary. Yeah? Remember, Micah comes up and, and, and they say, you know, shall we go up to Ramoth Gilead? And Micah says, yeah, go on. Go ahead. And he says, Micah, did not I tell you to always say to me what the truth is? And he said, go ahead. But I seen Israel scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Remember that? And those 400 prophets tried to, that ministerial association tried to get him to just go along with it. And he said, I won't say anything but what God tells me. And he saw a vision. But Brother Branham said he had to check his vision with the word. See? So now why? And then, and then we, we know the story of Mary. So now let me break it down. So now, when this, when this, when this happened to Micah or to Mary or to a whole host of other yeah. Hall of Fame believers that we could deal with today, I'm just going to get these two we find that there was already an established word. There was already the Logos. See? There was already an established word written in the Old Testament and, and, because it, and it came from Elijah. Remember that? Elijah had prophesied what would happen to Israel and what would happen to Ahab. See? So there's all, this is how Micah was able to check his vision with the word. He went back and looked to see what the word had said. And so we find that this established word written in the Old Testament and now God was, what was, okay then if it's already written in the word, why are you messing with Micah? Because it can't just stay word. It can't just stay logos. It's got to be brought to pass. This is God moving in a fresh and further way to bring the written word to pass. That's what was happening. So to Micah, a prophet, because he was a prophet, he was able to speak directly by divine inspiration. To Mary, she, not being a prophet, he would send the angel Gabriel to deliver the message to her directly. So when the Spirit, now catch this now, because I'm going I'm to show you this. This is a repeating thing all through the Bible. When the Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah. You with me? Back there when Elijah saw it. When the, Spirit of the Word, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah and he spoke the words concerning Israel and concerning Ahab, that was Rema in action. You understand? That was Rema in action. It had never been said anywhere in the Word until God brings Elijah and anoints him and then God's anointing Elijah. And when, and when Elijah says the word. It's Rima in action. It's thus saith the Lord. But then, you know what happened? Look at the cycle. Elijah goes off the scene. Ahab's still alive. Israel's still going forward. So now, what had been Rima to Elijah now becomes the established word. Now it's Logos. It's still the same word. It's just in its different application. You get me? So, so when, 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 because 
it had transitioned to the Logos because it became because it became part of the canon of the Bible. And in fact, is Micah was able to go back and read it. Amen. You see? All right. So I got to I got to go through this part slow. So as Logos, understand that this book, every word in here is the established word of God. It's Logos. And all it's waiting for is manifestation to become a living word. And every single word, every established word of God, Jesus said, my words, my words are spirit and they're life to you. Every word of God is, is, is packed and primed with power to become. And not just to become something in the ethereal, but to take the reader and turn him into what it is saying. Every word is primed and powerful that if it'll be believed by any of God's family, it'll come to pass. And when it comes to pass, that's Rima. Because now you're the word in flesh. Oh my goodness, friends. See? So, so it, when Elijah had said it, it, went, it, it just went into Logos. It was primed with supernatural power. But what did it do? It circled the earth. The words of Elijah just continued to circle and circle until time met prophecy. And Micah was on the scene. And a question come between Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead? And God says, "How? who are we going to get to go down there and deceive Ahab so I can bring the words, so I can bring the Logos that Elijah said into Rima? And an evil spirit said, I'll go down and lie to him. Go, you'll be successful. And he went down there and lied to them. And they believed it. And here comes Micah with the fresh anointing and said go but I saw Israel in fulfillment of Elijah's prophecy I saw them scattered having no sheep see so now it's Rima alright now watch so an anointing comes upon it to bring it to pass it causes when the anointing of the word comes upon God's family are you God's family? It causes the lips of God's chosen vessel to speak. You believe that? It causes the life of God's chosen vessel to live out the word in manifestation. If your life as a believer isn't living out the full manifestation of the word, you got a short circuit somewhere. There's somewhere where you're disconnected. That's not Rima. You're, you're, you're believing mentally the word. You're believing God sent a prophet. You're believing the Bible is true. You know this is what's on tape. But you're not willing to manifest it. No, that's the letter that killeth. Amen. See? That's not the spirit of life. The spirit of life in you would bring it to pass. See, the, the words of Micah then transitioned to Logos because they became the canon of established word. You understand that? And so you say, well, so that cycle, okay, so with Elijah, it was Rima, then it became Logos. Then Micah picked it up and it became Rima, and then after it was over, then it became Logos. Okay, why is that cycle there? Well, Paul says, it's for you and I that when we go back here like Brother Branham did, and we pick up Micah, 
And he's going up to there saying, I will only say what the Lord says. And he, he's, he's conducting himself. He's refusing to join the ministerial association. Brother Branham, that was becoming Rima to his heart. That Logos was becoming Rima and helping him thank God. It was helping our prophet resist the temptation to be one of the boys or one of the gang or one of the association. He said, "If I, I'd rather lay on my belly and drink branch water and eat soda crackers I'd rather preach to a post than a preacher I'm looking for believers we're looking for eagles so when we look back and we learn to believe God by the stories that we read of the established word then an anointing comes down to move in our lives in the same way now last one I already am in overtime Believe me, I'm cutting off pages and pages. We'll pick it up next time. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon Isaiah, and Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. It's never been said. It was it, as soon as the Spirit of God. Now that that was the word of God. That was always the plan. Because in Genesis he said, I'll put enmity between thy seed and the serpent seed, but the woman doesn't have a seed. She's a field. So there's going to have to, it's going to, and then, and then not only that, but Abel's sacrifice of a lamb. So it's, and the only way that could be a worthy human is if he's virgin born. He's the seed of the woman, which means it's a seed not of men, it's of God. You understand? And so now Elijah is coming to take a logos an established word, and he, he, an anointing falls on him, and he says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And that was it. And everybody wondered, how in the world? That's impossible. What in the world? The old guy's been in the sun too long. And you know what happened? Elijah, it, it didn't happen. I mean, Isaiah, it didn't happen. He grew old. He died. They actually murdered him, actually. And uh, his word, his rima, became logos, the established word. And then one day, there's a little virgin girl, and God is looking at that prophecy, and it's circling, and it's circling, and time is moving, and time is moving, and the age of the Old Testament is coming to a near, 400 years, they haven't had a prophet. John comes on the scene. John, John is ready, ready to be born, and at the same time John is ready to be born, time is going to meet, and he's going to speak to a virgin girl at the birth, and say and say, you shall bear a son. And she says, how so? I know not a man. He says, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. Now you know what's happening to Mary? Something is beginning to turn. And Logos from 700 years ago is beginning to say, so be it unto me. So be it unto me. What's happening? There's a supernatural power. A supernatural anointing is falling on Isaiah's words. And it's striking the predestinated heart of a virgin girl. She's just 16. And she says, so be it unto me according to thy word. And you know what happened? She got pregnant without knowing a man and had the, had the Christ child. Logos became Rima. You understand? It became the active living part of the living word. So once Mary testified, so be it unto me, then Rima, watch now, 
Then Rima becomes Logos. She's not just going to keep doing that. She had it one time, and now it goes in the canon. Now it's established. Now we can go back, and we can say, like Mary, I say, so be it unto me. And that's the same anointing that struck her, striking you. Do you grasp that? Do you understand that? It's pregnant in my words. They are, my Rima is spirit and life to you. You're washed clean by the washing of the Rima. The active word becoming alive inside your life. Once Mary testified to it, and then it becomes the established word, and the cycle keeps going. I'm here to tell you, friends, do you, I'm going to have to just stop. I'm just going to have to hit this, hit this stopping point. Do you, do, you, do you remember Brother Stephen preaching for us Wednesday night? And he's talking about, this was such a beautiful point, it was his main theme, how that you're, you're progressing. But the problem is, the other me don't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm progressing because I still got mistakes and I still got failures. And pr remember, progressing means that you're being taken to a predetermined destination. Amen. See? Say, I'm being taken to the rapture. The rapture, don't look at the rapture as just an event on a calendar. You remember when... Martha said to Jesus, he said, your brother shall live again. She said, I know, Lord, at the resurrection. Jesus said, huh, I am the resurrection. Resurrection isn't a calendar event. The resurrection is a happening. Hallelujah, the rapture is a happening. I'm moving towards it. There's an inside me that's under the rima of the Logos. And it's causing me to believe and causing me to move. Now the other me, the weak guy, he has ups and downs. Sometimes he feels like coming to church. Sometimes he don't. He has to come anyway because he's the pastor. <laughs> Sometimes you don't feel like coming, but you come anyway because you love your pastor. Yeah. Hallelujah! What is happening, friends? It's the anointing on the word that you have believed, and it's literally changing you from glory to glory to glory. It's changing me. And, 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 and there's, there's a me that's up and down, but there's a me that's not. There's a me that has mistakes, but there's a me that never doubts God's word, and that's the me that counts. Hallelujah! That's the me that's walk marching to Zion. And no matter this old me don't want to, but the other me just keeps on marching. He's marching to Zion. Beautiful Zion. Hallelujah! Because when, the, when John saw it, and he said that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, and that went in a book, and it became established word, and that was the Logos. But on the seventh age, God came down to anoint a man and anoint me and anoint you. And we're believers. Hallelujah. Because the Rima is a living experience. A living experience of God. When I read, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment. The, the, there's a part of me that goes, yep, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And the other me goes, oh, man, I don't know what your problem is. You don't you think you're almost there? You know, we're near. Nope, I'm almost there. 
I'm almost there. Oh, you got all these kind of problems. You know what? And then, oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm ready for that older man to shut up. I'm ready for the real man to put his voice out and say, so be it unto me. Let there be a rapture and let me be a part of it. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Do you accept that today, friends? Stand with me. God bless you. Oh, don't anybody tell Dr. Koganakis what I preached today and how long I went. Hey, man, Sister Debbie will just pray harder for me, but the doctor will scold me. Oh, we're marching to Zion. Beautiful Zion. We're marching to Zion. Yeah, that's the one. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion. That beautiful city. Oh my. Oh, we're marching. Oh, let's worship him, friends. Come on. Lift up those hands and sing it like you believe it. We're marching, Lord. I'm going to Zion. Oh, hallelujah, one more time. Oh, we're marching to Zion. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we're marching up. We got verses? Give me, give me the first verse. Come, we that love the Lord. And let our joys be known. Join in the song with sweet accord. Join in the song of sweet. Oh, hallelujah. Thus surround the throne and thus surround. Everybody. Oh, we're marching. Zion, where are you marching? Are you marching? That beautiful. Give me another verse, Bob. <clears throat> Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God, but children of the heavenly. Their joys abroad may speak their joys abroad. Oh, we're marching to Zion. We're marching upward to Zion. Got another one? Oh, I love this old song. Hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets. A thousand before we reach the heavenly field. Before we reach the heavenly field. Or walk the golden street. Think about it. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. All together. We're marching to Zion's Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. What a day. 
birthday. Yes, Lord. One more? All right, let's have it. Our songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through. Oh, yeah. Emmanuel's ground. To fairer worlds, friends. To fairer worlds. To fairer worlds. Oh, to be over. It's those fairer worlds. Oh, Lord God, those fairer worlds on high. Lord, we look to that day. We realize the hour that we've arrived at. Father, help us today. Let us see, Lord. I, I believe the, the audience today, Lord, has sat so patiently pulled on the word. I think they got it, Lord. I believe that we're in harmony on this thought. It becomes a beautiful image before our minds. To realize, Lord, that you've already got it all figured out. Why am I trying to make a plan when you've already made a plan? Why, why am I trying to fix me when you've already fixed me? Why am I trying to scrape and dig and get to heaven when you already see me there on the other shore? Oh, Lamb of God, fairer worlds on high. This world, Lord, every day... It holds less and less attraction. It's falling apart, Jesus. It's just come to its end, Lord. Madness all through the streets, all through the politics, all through the churches, all through the social fabric of this nation and every nation. Lord, we're not immune from the pulls of those things. We get twisted around sometimes. Sometimes, Lord, we are look at the wrong thing. That's what a prophet said. That was the problem with the church the true church that got out of step at the end time, they were looking at that other church. They were looking at all that pomp and circumstance. They were, they were looking at all of what that other church, when John saw it, he marveled. Marveled until the angel had to rebuke him. And, and it took a revelation. The angel, his prophetic tour guide, had to show him a revelation of what was under her skirts. And John came to his senses. My goodness, what am I thinking? This world holds nothing for me. I'm not a part of this world. I didn't come from here. I'm not staying here. Oh, Lamb of God, let us be encouraged today. Encourage, Lord, and strengthen. Let us realize that all around our daily lives, there's, a, there's an anointing, Lord, that maybe we can't smell it or see it. Maybe the world doesn't know anything about it. It passes right through them. They don't even know. They come into the presence. They're unaware. But yet there's something about a believer when we walk and get near you. Suddenly, Lord, we begin to realize, wait a minute. Something's changing. Something's coming close. We go into prayer. We come to church. We hear the word. Something starts dealing with our hearts. That's you. That's your love. We're, as prophet said, sometimes we're in a church like today. We might be standing here like in this service today. And a prophet said that somehow you, something bumps up against you and you turn around and nothing's there. He said, that's, you're bumping into angels. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonder God, Lord, we could bump into the spirit of God like that. 
and be real believers and have courage, Lord, to, to, to believe and say like Mary, so be it unto me. Be like Micaiah, say I will only say what the Word of God says and I will not compromise on one word, not one established word because it is the established Word of God that He's going to anoint. He doesn't do anything contrary to His Word. So Lord, I pray You'll help us today. Lord, strengthen us and encourage us. We give it into Your hands. I thank You for the anointing that we feel. I pray, Lord, and I've asked the church to pray for me, this terrible affliction, just the enemy trying to hold me back. But Lord, I'm just trusting in you I won't be held back Lord so I'm just going to have to put my trust in you best laid plans of mice and men come to nothing Lord I only want your will in my life I want everything you want I just say right now I don't even have to know what tomorrow holds you don't even need to tell me I just know that if it's your will I want it let me go ahead and put my name on, on it now and I'll sign it Lord by the spirit and say I'll sign up for whatever's your will for my life Grant it to us, Lord. We love you. Thank you. Thank you for this group of people today. We commit it all, all into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that, Brother Bradley. I love that song. Let your word be born in the manger of yes. my heart. Oh, my. start today live inside this house of clay and mold it every day oh let your word be born in the manger of my heart let your word
inside this house of clay and mold me every day. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. God bless you, friends. You can be dismissed. Live in me. Let it start.
Well, the name of 